Welcome to the One Player Podcast, the show on solitaire board gaming. I'm your host, Albert, and this is episode 11. D-Day Dice is not a role-playing game. Well, welcome back. It's been quite a while since the last show. I think four or five weeks, maybe. Last time I said I was going to get the role-playing episode out, I think about the week of before Thanksgiving, and you know, November's been so crazy, that just never happened. There's so much going on at home, I was taking care of the kids all the time, and I just never had the time or the energy to do that. I'm still not ready for that. So in the meantime, I'm going to do a, another episode, a special episode, this time on D-Day Dice, a dice rolling game that's available now as a pre-order through Kickstarter, or as a free print-and-play on Board Game Geek. I should be able to get to the role-playing episode soon. I've finally finished uh, I re- finished reading the Mythic rule set. I've read most of the Mouse Guard rules. I like them both. They're, they're both really neat. Mouse Guard is really interesting to read and fun to read. And at this point, I'm almost ready to actually try and sit down and play a couple games of it. So hopefully really soon that'll be ready. As I said, in the meantime, today I'm just going to talk about D-Day, about D-Day Dice. This is going to be a short episode, because it's pretty late, and there's still a lot going on here at home. I just don't really have time for a full-blown half-hour episode. Mainly because it takes me, like, three hours to edit it. I don't know why it's so long, but that's how it goes. Well, if you're not familiar with the Kickstarter, this is a website where, let's say you're somebody that has a project, you want to do this and make something or create something to give to other people or sell to other people. You don't really have the money to do this on your own. You go to Kickstarter, you set up a project there, and basically request money from people. And if somebody wants to sponsor it, you know they they could pay money at at different levels that you could predetermine, and for whatever they pay, they will get something. If uh, the project ends up meeting the goal you set for it, all those people that uh, pledge to don't to give money will then be charged for it, and you will get the money minus some fees. If the project doesn't meet the funding goals, then it just dies out. And nobody gets charged, nothing happens, basically. Well, there is a Kickstarter project for a game called D-Day Dice. It's a dice-rolling game about World War II, about D-Day. This game was originally created, I believe, for a contest, and submitted on Board Game Geek as a free game, and has been picked up to get published by, to get published by Valley Games. They decided to try and use Kickstarter and see how it works out. So the project was originally said to be funded if it got $13,000 in pledges. There were 40 days total to raise the money. And I think after the second day or the first day, they had already met that pledge. There's currently nine days left and they've already raised $94,000. What that means is that... Not only are you going to get the game, but you're going to get a bunch of extra stuff because they've met certain funding levels. I'll go ahead and tell you about that stuff later. The game was designed by Emmanuel Akin. And uh, the goal of this game is basically you're um, allied soldiers and you're at the beach of Normandy and D-Day. And you need to get to a German bunker and take the bunker. And you're doing this by just moving forward to the beach, and as you move forward, you're using up soldiers and other resources. The way you get resources each turn is you're going to roll six dice, 
sort of in Yahtzee style, and after the third roll, whatever the results are, you get different things for those rolls. Like you get extra soldiers or courage that you need to advance or stars that will give you specialists like a, a corporal or a minesweeper or a captain. And each of those have different abilities. The print and play game has a, two files you need to print, maybe three. One is the rule book. The other one is a map and a player sheet in which you write all the stuff you've got and keep track of your points, your item points and your number of soldiers you have, the stars and the courage. So as I said, you start at the beach, and what you do is you roll six dice. There's two red, two white, and two blue. After that, after that roll, you have to lock two dice in and roll the remaining four, and then you could choose to roll any of those remaining four again a th third time. After that third roll, whatever you have is locked in. Each face of the die gives you something different. Only one of the faces is bad. If you roll a one, it's going to cancel out one of the other dice. If you roll a 2, you get a soldier. If you roll a 3, no, I'm sorry. If you roll a 2, you get a star, which you could use to recruit specialists. If you roll a 3, you get one soldier. If you roll a 4, you get two soldiers. If you roll a 5, you get courage. And if you roll a 6, you get item points, which you could spend towards items. The different items you can get will give you different one-time abilities. After that... You can choose to spend any of the points you have, either your item points or your stars, to buy special specialists or new items. And then after that goes a movement phase. In some spaces you can choose to stay there up to three turns, and others you have to move every turn. If you do move forward, you have to spend courage. The amount of courage you spend depends on which space you're going to. If you're moving horizontally, you don't have to pay courage. Sometimes when you move, you have to deal with barbed wire, which is gonna means you're gonna have to roll a d6 and lose that number of soldiers. After the movement comes the combat phase, and each space that you go in, each sector tells you how many soldiers you're gonna lose in combat that turn. The the farther you advance, the closer you get to the bunker, the more soldiers you lose each turn. So it sort of pays to move slowly and build up resources each turn until you're ready to to take on the bunker. That is basically how the turn works. There's a few other things here and there that make the game more interesting. There's something called a RWB roll, red, white, and blue roll. Each time after you've rolled the dice and have finished the, the three sets of rolls and locked in your numbers, if you have a red die, a white die, and a blue die, all three with the same number on them, you get a, a special bonus. The bonus depends on what number you locked in. It could be more soldiers, extra extra item points, extra stars, that sort of thing. So, so the neat thing about this game is, you know, it's, it uses that Yahtzee mechanic, the, that's what I like to call it, where you're rolling the dice and choosing which to keep and which to re-roll. And that basically takes a, a really random thing of a die roll, where you have no idea what it'll be, into something you're managing and trying to get something useful out of it. And the nice thing is everything but a 1 is always useful. And even a 1, if you get a red, white, and blue 1, it actually turns out to be positive. So you're all, you're trying to manage that to get all the things you need in advance. And the game tends to be pretty challenging. I should also say it's a cooperative game. So if you're playing with more than one person, everybody's trying to reach the bunker. And the goal is have anybody reach the bunker before any one player loses.
you lose if at the end of the turn after the combat, I guess at any point when you lose soldiers, you don't have enough soldiers to cover the loss. That is the game in a nutshell. There might be some other things here and there. I could tell you about the different types of specialists and the items. Um, the corporal lets you reroll one die, so after you've rolled your dice three times, if there's something you don't like or you want to try and change, you could reroll it again. That's a nice way to, again, manage that randomness more. There's a sharpshooter, which allows you to ignore the ones. There's a hero, which you could spend courage to save soldiers. You don't need as much courage and you don't use it if you find you have a lot of courage when you're playing because you've rolled a lot of uh, fives, then he's useful to use up some of that courage to sit instead of soldiers. The game plays in about, if you're playing solitaire, probably about five or ten minutes. It's really quick. It It's fun and it gets tense as you go along and you start feeling that crunch of trying to make it to the bunker and knowing you really don't have that many soldiers left. I have, so far, I've only played it one solitaire. I've played it twice cooperatively and I found that it pretty much felt the same both ways there's a, there's more interaction when you're playing cooperatively because you could share things between players but it isn't that much different it's a uh, more social and and slower but otherwise it feels exactly the same so that's the print and play version there's actually two maps you could print out and try and they're different the, the amount of courage you spend to go forward might be different on the maps or the number of soldiers you're going to lose each turn in a sector is going to be different. The number of spaces are different. Things that could happen in a space are different. For example, some of the spaces will give you bonuses each at the beginning of each turn or some are, have negative things like there's one space in the battle map one that says roll one less die so you actually only have five die instead of six to roll each turn. There's also machine gun fire and the position of that is different in each map. All that means is that when you're in a space and you do the combat, you roll a d6, and whatever number comes up, you lose that many extra unit. So you just don't know exactly how many you lose in each turn. You just know that it's a range of numbers. So the the published version coming out, it's going to be released in March of next year, and that actually, I think, brings eight maps, eight hard I think cardstock maps brings six custom dice, um, little counter sheets that you use to keep track of your courage and stars and all that sort of thing. In the print and play version, you're just writing it on paper and keeping track with a pen. And then there's also cards for all the specialists and items and that sort of thing. You can choose to fund at the basic level for $35 and you just get the base game. The next higher level, I think, is 50 and you get the base game and the first expansion which I think adds a couple maps and adds the ability to have one person play the German side, so it turns it into a competitive game. The third level of support, I think, is $75 and adds two more small expansions, I think. I think it's two. And one adds cards for the German player, and the other one adds more maps and maybe stuff, other stuff for the Allied player. And besides that, Anybody that does fund the game, because of the different levels they've reached, will get extra things. There's quite a few extra things at this point. There's a badges expansion that I think has a couple extra cards. There are some custom machine gun dies that have been either used in the machine gun spaces instead of just the standard die. There are two extra maps. There's two extra cards. 
that are unique to Kickstarter. And there is dice bags for each player to keep your dice in. And then there is a game bag that sort of looks like a World War II pouch, um, cockyish sort of thing. It's designed to hold the base game and the expansion box. You'll also get a tin, so the game will now come in a tin and in a cardboard box, in case you don't like the tin. I'm not a big fan of tin, so I'm glad you still get the cardboard box. So I do appreciate the tin. And if they reach 100,000, which it seems likely to happen, there'll be some other reward offer. They haven't mentioned what it is yet. Now, all these bonus things that they're offering will not be available after Kickstarter. They've said they will destroy all the extra copies and they'll never exist. So if you want these things, you got to sign up now or lose your chance. Uh, it's a pretty fun game. It's definitely worth trying out the print-and-play version. If you like it, I'd say check out the Kickstarter page and see if it's something you want to buy later on. Anyway, I think that's it. I said it's a pretty short episode. It's late here and I still got to do hours of editing. I will try and get the role-playing game done in the next few weeks. Unfortunately, things are still hectic here. My wife broke her foot, and so just things have gone crazier. All right, thanks for listening. Well, that's the end of today's episode. If you would like to contact me, you can find me as Fractaloon on BoardGameGeek, or you can email me at oneplayeralbert at gmail.com. The intro music is copyright Angus and is protected by a Creative Commons license. The song and copyright information can be found at gemendo.com. The show is published in a Creative Commons, non-commercial, share-alike license. Thanks for listening.